If you would turn to the book of John, we're in John chapter 1, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, um, we're, we're really going through this series called God the Son, and, and the Apostle John, uh, John the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he calls himself, is really kind of giving us a, a perspective of Christmas in a, in a different kind of way. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke you know, do the, the way that we would normally read. In fact, on Christmas Eve for our service, we'll read um, in, in Luke and, and, and kind of unfold the Christmas story. But, but John gives us a whole different perspective than they do. With John, we really get the heavenly view of what happens uh, with the birth of the Christ, the Messiah. And John began really by, by talking about that, that this, this word is God the Son. And that God the Son has always existed. The, the first message was pre-existent. That He's always been. We, we tend to think of, uh, of Jesus as, as being born in that manger. And if we're not careful, we think that that's when Jesus came on the scene. But we, we need to understand and realize that He is God the Son. And He has always existed. And not only has He always existed, but God the Son has always been active in the world as we move in fact we saw last week that he is god the son creator and and john says this and and it's a little bit mind-blowing when you when you start to unpack it a little bit we 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 think of you know the uh, as jesus creator yeah yeah because he's god he's he's part of the godhead the trinity god the father son and the holy spirit and in that way he is but john clarifies it a bit for us he said that in him everything that was made has been made, and without him was nothing made that has been made. Then the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1 really kind of unfolds that a little bit more for us and, and reiterates it. It affirms for us that Jesus, God the Son, is creator God. He is the creative agent in the Trinity. Now, I know some of you are going, whoa, I shouldn't have missed last week maybe. Um, but, but it's true, Jesus is creator God. He's the creative agent in the Godhead. And, and so, so as, we, as we move along, it's important to understand that really John, when he's writing this letter, as he's telling this, this gospel, it, it, it really reads almost as a novel. And if you can picture John's readers as they begin, John starts, in the beginning, they all knew that story. In the beginning, God was what they knew. And here, in the beginning, the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And, and, and that piqued the reader's interest and really drew them in as he begins to unfold who this Word is. You know, we know the end of the story. And, and, and if you can imagine, I can't imagine what it would have been like to, to have a scroll. Confession time. Are you guys ready? Some of you are like, oh, I picked a bad Sunday to come. Confession time. How many of you look to the ending of the book? I want to know. Yeah, two of you confessed. I know there are more of you. Uh, when you're reading, oh, I've got to see how that turns out. And you read through. Imagine if you were living in the days of Jesus when it was a scroll. Right? You can't just flip the pages if you really wanted to know what happened at the end. You'd have to scroll all the way down and look. And then scroll all the way back. And that's not scroll like you have on your computer. You know, that, not that kind of scroll. They didn't know, and, and so it piqued their interest as they, as they began to read in this letter. 
that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and that through Him everything that was made... You get this? He wasn't created. Jesus wasn't created. He existed already. Everything that was made was made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that has been made. John, John makes it easy for those of us who need a little bit of, of re, reiteration there. And now he gets to, we're, we're looking in, in chapter, chapter 1 beginning in, in verse 4. He, he, he really kind of shifts a little bit. But before we get there, I, I just want to ask, anybody in here done any caving? Spelunking, I know for those of you old timers, you spelunkers. Um, I, I actually subscribed to the Speleological Association um, uh, magazine for a little bit just because speleological is fun to say. And, and, and now we call it caving. We don't call it spelunking, you know, because that's kind of weird if you said that. Carlsbad Cavern. So, so you, you like read my story. You're not supposed to read ahead of my notes. Um, so, so it, you, you know, there are different kinds of caves. Um, anybody been to... Um, it's a, a Waco Tanks, not Waco like in Waco, Texas, but Waco Tanks in El Paso. So there's some rocks that have fallen down, and, and those are pretend caves where you go down in there. The difference, what makes a cave a cave, is that there is no light that is in there. So if you've ever been caving, and, and you've ever been, you know, you, you get down in, there's one that's not far from us. Actually, there's one out at 16 Springs, but it's kind of little... Uh, Millrace Cave is just out in the Valley of Fires. Now some of you are going to go hunting out there. Careful, you'll cut yourself up walking on the lava rocks. But, but if you've ever gone in a real cave, you get down, there is no light. So, so you turn your, your flashlight off, there's no light around, and, and your eyes are trying to adjust. And, it, and you think you can see, because your eyes, you know, is doing all these weird things, until you put your hand in front of your face and you realize, I'm not seeing a thing. My eyes are just trying to adjust. Well, Carlsbad Caverns, we did that, and, and, and I don't work for them, and I don't get money for this, but I'll tell you about it. So Carlsbad Caverns, when you go there, I remember going as a little kid. Anybody go there like long ago before they had the general admission thing? And you would have to go with the tour. You can still do those tours. And so we did that with some friends, and we did the King's Palace tour. I sound like a representative for Carlsbad Caverns. Huh? Uh, they, so I recommend that you do this. The King's Palace Tour, at least, that's the one we did. I, can't, I don't know about the others. And so what they do is you, you pay for the general admission. You can go look through all the caverns if you want. But in those tours, they take you places that you can't go um, without a tour guide. And so they take you in there, and we went into the Queen's Chamber. That's part of the, the King's Palace Tour. And we get into the Queen's Chamber, and it's a smallish kind of room. And I think there are about 30 or 40 of us in there. And you sit down and they tell you to cover up your watch, turn your phones off. You know, they don't work down there anyways, in case you don't know. Um, and, and they tell you, and it's dark and your eyes are trying to adjust. And they tell you, you know, put your hand in front of your face because you think you can see, but you can't. And then the tour guide says, okay, now somebody with a luminescent watch, that means like, like this one, um, will just light up because of the sun and, and the, the hands. Take your hand off of that. It is amazing how much a little bit of light sheds light in complete darkness. And, and then, you know, now somebody that you know, can actually like make their, their watch light up. Do you know in complete darkness you can find your way around? This is good, you know, in case you're walking along and you fall in a cave. I'm just saying. 
once your eyes adjust or you know get used to the darkness you can find my watch will light the way and you can find your way around in darkness some of you going what does that have to do with anything nothing it's just a neat story (laughs) i'm kidding so john john as he continues in his passage he's he's unfolding the story of the coming messiah he calls jesus the light so let's pick up there, John chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. Here's what he says. He says, you know, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Everything that was made was made through Him. Without Him was nothing made that was made. And in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So so John, as as he unfolds in this passage, really begins to talk about life and light. And that's what I want us to focus on this morning as we prepare to take communion, prepare to take the Lord's Supper together. He says, in him was the life. And the life was the light of men. Here's something that we need to know and understand. That God the Son is not only creator, but He's also sustainer. In Colossians, it talks about that, that, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. All things hold together. All things are, are able to be. He creates, but He's also the sustainer. It says, in Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Let's look at light first. What does light do? Well, we know because of the story about Carlsbad Caverns that light reveals. Light illuminates. It, it dispels the darkness. It's really cool, and, and, and I saw it in some of your faces as I got to the place, and the darkness has not, or the darkness cannot overcome it. Amazing thing about light, that there is no darkness that exists that can overpower light. Do you know that? The tiniest little light in complete darkness dispels the darkness. Even the little hands from your watch, which, by the way, aren't as good. My dad's watch had, um, was it radium in there? And you could light up a room with those things. That's probably what made me go bald, I guess. (laughs) I messed around with this watch too much. But even the smallest light dispels the darkness. And what he's saying here is that Jesus is the light. One of the things that that, that light does is it reveals. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In verse 18, we'll skip ahead just a little bit. In verse 18, we see that Jesus came to reveal the Father. We know that he came, that, that we just sang in the song, from the cradle to the cross. But it says in verse, verse 18 in, in John chapter 1, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus came to reveal, he came as a light to reveal, and he came to reveal to us the Father. Think about that when you're reading through the Gospels. In, in fact, I think it was Philip that said, you know, Jesus, just show us the Father and that's enough for us. I'm thinking, Philip, have you not been paying attention? (laughs) 
Everything Jesus did, every miracle he performed, everything that he did, all of those works, was he was revealing God to us. He's revealing the Father to us. Jesus said, you know, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In, in all of Jesus' ministry, what he did is, is he came, God the Son, his God the Son came to reveal the Father to us through everything that he did. And I know you may have had this thought, I, I have. Man, if, if I was only able to walk with Jesus like the disciples did. You ever think that? Just to hang out with him. By the way, I bet you Jesus told the best jokes in the world. I, I bet. I bet, they, I bet they laughed. I bet they had fun. But, but to be able to walk alongside him and see God the Son become flesh that tells us at the end we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten, that the only son, the begotten, that can, kind of confuses us, uh, but the only son of the Father. And Jesus, one of the things that he did is he came with the light, he came to reveal, and he came to reveal the Father to us. Sometimes I, I know that, that we think, you know, I think it would be easier if I was able to walk with Jesus. It would be easier if I was able to ask him questions. And, and, then I, and then I read in the Gospels and I'm like, no, I'm not sure it would have been. Because the disciples walked with him. The disciples for three and a half years lived with him 24-7. They didn't get it either until the coming of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. Light reveals. It reveals to us who God is. And, and I, I talk with people all the time, and, and they say, you know, I just want to get closer in my relationship with God. I just want to be closer in my relationship with God. And, and we all do. I mean, I, I think if you ask any believer that, they want to be. You know, you want to be closer in your relationship with God. And I say, you know, do you read the Bible much? Like, you know, I try, but I just don't understand that. It, it says in, in Hebrews that, that in many, many ways and many times that God has spoken to us. But in these last days, He has revealed Himself to us through His Son, who is the exact image, the, the image is what it talks about, but the exact representation of the Father to us. It, you you want to grow in your relationship with God? He's revealed Himself to us in His Word, His Son, but also his word that we have recorded for us. And since we're heading up on Christmas, I'm tempted to just kind of kind of leave it there, but there's another thing that light reveals for us that Jesus reveals. And it's one of the reasons as you read along in the gospels that people got so irked at him. You know that Jesus would go in and he would say stuff and boy it just made people mad. And that's because he also reveals our sin. Now, I am glad that I didn't walk with Jesus and be a Pharisee or a Sadducee, one of the religious leaders. You ever read that? In fact, I'm a little ornery. You guys know that about me? Yeah? 
And when people want to come and say, you know, Jesus was just all about love. and He just loved everybody and he just accepted everybody. I'm slipping into my little hippie talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> Melodrama come back to haunt me. He just loved, you know, he would just sit around. They just love. That's what Jesus is all about, love. I'm like, did you read what he said to the Pharisees? Because, I mean, I know it's weird for us, the things he said, but you vipers, you hypocrites, <laughs> you Pharisees. You're like whitewashed tombs. Yeah, Jesus was all about love, wasn't he? He was, actually. Because the fact that, that Jesus came to reveal sin, that, that's what irked them so much. He revealed their sin. And, and, and we can, it's easy. I, man, I know it's easy. You, you guys, you want to feel better about yourself? You know, this isn't a feel-good message, but you want to feel better about yourself? You just go find somebody that looks worse than you do. And we tend to do that, don't we? I remember one time, Cynthia and I, I don't even think we had kids yet, and and, and I needed white dress shirts, and we went to Dillard's, to the clearance section, because that's how we shot the outside aisles, you know. And when we went there, and they had a pile of white shirts, and they were on sale, like I could afford them. I think I got like three of those shirts. And we took them home and washed them, and I hung them up in my closet and found out that those were cream-colored shirts. When you put a bunch of cream-colored shirts together, they kind of look white till you put them next to a white shirt. We're kind of like that, too. We, we might look pretty, young, you know, that guy, over, man, I'm way better than him. I don't look so bad when you compare me to him. But when Jesus came, see, he came and he revealed the Father to us, and, and in doing so, he revealed our sin. And, and you get two reactions in Scripture when you see that. And I think it's the same with us. Two reactions. One is where it, you, you get the, the man who comes before. The, remember the, the two men who came into the temple? Jesus was telling his disciples. One of them was a sinner. Like we're not, right? Anyways, you know, so one of them knew he was a sinner. And he came and he beat his chest. And he said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Then the other one came in and he says, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like him. And you get two reactions. One is that, that repentance. When God reveals our sin. We say, you know, God, you're right. That's sin. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me from that? Would you, would you take that away? Then the other one, and the other one has a lot of little facets to it. Is, uh, that's not really, not technically sin. We get offended. You ever want to test a friendship? You go tell your friend what they're doing wrong. In love. <laughs> you get offended. We get all defensive. And we run away. The Pharisees, they didn't like the fact that Jesus pointed out their sin. And yet you have a whole other group, and I pray that I'm always in that other group. Says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. But, but John also talks about not only was he the light but but he prefaced that by saying in him he was the life in him was life and that life was the light of men so so the other thing that that, that we see about jesus is that he's life he is creator but he's sustainer 
And, and, you know, we talk about the gospel a lot. We say it a lot. We always think about evangelism when we hear the gospel. Do you know that believers need to hear the gospel too? Do you know that? Because here's the gospel, that Jesus came to save sinners. And, and, and we, we sometimes think, I just need to hear that when I first come to faith in Christ. And I don't need to hear that anymore. But listen, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, he's telling a parable about the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And then he says in verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and might have it abundantly. I'm not talking about a lot of things. That's what we think about with abundance. Um, some of you are like, I got a lot of things, right? I got a lot of trouble. He's talking about, I came that you might have life and you might have real life the way that it was intended to be. See, he's creator, he's sustainer, and he came to be redeemer for us came to redeem us from our sin. So I, I know it's funny, I, I talk, uh, I know that shocks you, right, that I talk. Um, I talk a lot, I talk to a lot of different people, and, 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 and I've had some that teasingly said, you know, every time I come to church, man, I just get convicted, and I said, you know, that's a good thing. That means God loves you, and he's working in your heart, and he's changing you. I'd be worried if somebody came and said, you know, I've been coming here three years, and I haven't been convicted once. <laughs> Because he loves us. And he wants us to have real life. Not this fake life that the world gives. I've said it, but, but I think about it a whole lot in, in, in this context. A guy who wrote an article in The Purpose, The Meaning of Life. Here you go, he's going to give it to us. The meaning of life is to survive and thrive. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to be treading water so I can just keep my nose above the surface. That's not life. That's a lie. God didn't come, uh, he didn't create us, and Jesus didn't come so that we could survive. In fact, he said, here's a promise you can hang on to. Any of you, like, hold on to God's promises, you write them down. Write this down, are you ready? In this world, you'll have trouble. I'm not going to tell you the second part. kidding. We're not here to survive. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. This isn't it. This isn't it. You see, he came that we could have life, that, that life is in him. Apart from him, there is no life. So today, as, as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, as we to prepare to take communion, here's, here's what I want your response to be. I want you to come before the Lord as, as the... The, the deacons, the ushers come and, and, and prepare to distribute the bread and the juice. And I want you to come before God and say, God, I, I just want you to shine your light on me. And, and if, there's, if there's any sin that I just need to take care of, I need to confess. I know what some of you are thinking. I don't like praying those prayers. <laughs> but it's a good one. If there's anything, any sin, God, that, that you just need to convict me of, would you just do that? And then when he does, don't just feel bad about it. That's what Satan wants us to do. Satan brings guilt. Guilt is just feeling bad about it. But conviction actually turns us to God. So when he does it, when there's something that God brings it to mind, don't just stew over it. Don't try to talk your way out of it. Just say, Lord, you're right. That's sin. I confess that. Would you forgive me? And, and just take this time, just, just to, as we prepare to celebrate the, the coming of God the Son, 
And just take some time and say, God, I just want to make sure that we're on, I'm on the right foot with you. I want to make sure that I'm right with you today. And, and then the second part of the response is, Lord, would you just give me the life that you want me to have? Now, I'm not talking there's a book out there. I'm not talking about that one. But would you just give me real life, not the fake stuff the world gives. Could you just, God, Jesus, I know that you're the source of life. You're the creator, you're the sustainer, the redeemer. Would you just give me the real life that you want me to have? Just starting now. Would you just do that? And, and in the time that, that we, we, we have when they're distributing the, the bread and the juice, take those and hold on to those. And, and you think about the life that God wants you to have and, and the price that Christ paid on the cross so that we could have that relationship with God. And then after we all have the, the bread and the juice, we'll take it together uh, as a family. Let's pray. Lord, you amaze me with your love. You amaze me that you, you even took notice of me somewhere along the way. You grabbed me as a 15-year-old boy and began to work in my heart. You opened my eyes. You, you revealed yourself to me and your love to me in an amazing way. And God, if we're not careful, if I'm not careful, Lord, I, I'll... I just kind of think that that was it and just kind of go on. And, and yet, Lord, uh, what, I, what I find out every day is that, that you are still working and you still draw me to you and you still convict when there's sin and you still want to change my heart and make me into the image of Jesus. God, I just thank you for that. You don't give up on me. And Lord, this morning as we come and prepare to take um, th- this meal together, the symbolic meal, I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to understand the price that you paid on the cross for us through Jesus. That the one who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become your righteousness in him. God, that you want us to live, to truly live in Christ. God, we just say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.